one of my favorite guys to golf with and beat is here today, all the way from Tucson, Arizona. And uh, I just want to say that, Mark, I can't wait to get out with you this week and beat you. Because <laughs> when one of us beat the other, we always rub it in. And uh, anyway, enough said about that. I could say so many things about his golfing and how entertaining it is, but we'll leave it at this. How many know Mark Cargill is one of the most anointed yeah. speakers around? I, I think he's one of the best speakers in the world. And uh, I think God has just blessed him, and he's got a great church in uh, Tucson, Arizona called Hope Church. If you ever want to listen to a better speaker than what we have here, get online in the cinema. It's great. But I want to just stand and give him a big Harbor City Church welcome as he comes to share the word this morning. We are blessed. Thank you very much. Always a pleasure to be with you. Cheryl and I uh, love this church very much. We love your pastors, so many of the leadership team we know and have known for many, many years. And uh, it's just been always so good to connect and reconnect and see one another again and again. And uh, again, it's great to be back. Uh, just a few months ago, I was here with John, John, and Elena. I uh, had a great time uh, with you then. And uh, looking forward to uh, maybe seeing you in a few months for your anniversary service and all of those things. That'll be a good time. But uh, always good to be with you. And uh, I want to uh, uh, just jump into the word here in a moment. Before I do, um, as, a, as an overseer, one of the, the executive council members, I'm on the board of the church here with kind of overseeing, providing apostolic relationship with your pastor and with other great leaders. And uh, I just thought it was important for us to, I wanted to just encourage you about the recent events of this last week. Um. Uh, first of all, we just give God all the praise and the glory for uh, doing something pretty significant in our nation that is uh, pretty incredible. Um, I, I really believe it's a miracle. I really do. Um, I never thought I would see that happen in my lifetime. Never did. I prayed for it. Certainly believed for it. Interceded for it. Asked God to do something for it. Um, and I, I just want to say this, that we need to um, thank the Lord for his goodness and his mercy upon our nation. I think that that's really, really important and celebrate uh, a breakthrough for righteousness sake. Having said that, <clears throat> we should not gloat or become prideful or or have the wrong attitude every great champion every great winner wins gracefully and uh, they're just thankful they're meek they're humble they don't walk around with all the swagger going on and all of that that that's not what we do <clears throat> and I just want to encourage you to be humble we love the Lord. We're grateful for the victory we've seen. Uh, I just want to say abortion is still legal. Right. 
it is still legal. It's just, it's, a, it's taken from the, the issue of the federal level to the state level. And we still have a lot of work to do. We still stand for righteousness. How many know the kingdom of God is not about death? It is about life. Am I talking to the right group of people? Jesus said this, I have come that you may have That, that should be the end of the conversation on that topic. Because I am a kingdom man before I am an American. Anybody with me here? So I, I just, you know, I, I just felt stirred in my spirit to say, so I know this is, I'm not pastoring this church, but I do have an apostolic voice here and a prophetic voice here. And I wanted to just encourage you. Finally, I want to, do, I want to encourage you with this. We need, to do, we need to do more to love our city, love our state, and love our nation in practical ways, which means providing options for mothers who are now have discovered that they're pregnant, but they're not sure they want to continue with the, 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 uh, carrying the baby or having the child into their future. We need to step up then. If anybody understands what adoption means, it's a Christian. Just read the New Testament. And I think we really need to allow our hearts to be stirred. We need to encourage the body of Christ to step up in a whole nother level and show that we have answers. We can't just talk the talk. We need to walk the walk and show this to the world. And let's not forget that above all, <clears throat> love wins. Love wins. And so everything we do and say in this whole conversation, and it's a cultural shift right now, and it's a cultural war. And I'll just prophesy with my eyes open to you. In the days that are ahead, you will be more hated than you've ever been in your life. You will be more hated than you've ever been in your life just by virtue of the fact that you are a Christ follower. This is going to become a, a watershed event. I'm telling you right now, it is. <clears throat> and it is going to be more critical for you to walk in love, walking forward, than ever before. We're going to have to learn to practice turning the cheek. And I'll just tell you, I'm not good at that. And so we need to allow the Holy Spirit to fill us and give us grace. Can you hear me this morning? I love you. I, I do. I really do. I love, I think the body of Christ is still beautiful. We've got a few freckles and, and moles and things that Jesus is helping us with. But it's still beautiful. And I believe a life-giving church is the hope of the world. But we've got to be that church. We do. And so I want to encourage you with those thoughts today uh, before I jump into the Word. <clears throat> I want to tell you a story before I begin my message. When I was in college, I was in the cafeteria, and the cafeteria was this really, really big, big room, probably a little bit bigger than this, tables all over the place. And, 
And uh, I had grabbed my mail and was looking. Uh, there was kind of this community mailbox. I grabbed my mail, was looking at my mail, and just standing there. And, and then about halfway across the room, there was these girls that were standing there talking and looking at me. And, uh, and I, I was kind of looking at my mail, and I noticed they were talking about me. And, and so then I was kind of, you know, just kind of going back and forth. <laughs> and I was like, what, you know, what, what's going on? And then they started laughing. One of them kind of like pointed a little bit, you know, and then I'm just kind of, have you ever been in those conversations, in those situations, and you're like, oh my God, what is wrong? Is there something that I'm, I'm like, is my fly down? Is my, I mean, what, I, I don't know. I, I got, surely they can't see my teeth from way over there. I mean, I'm, I, didn't, I couldn't figure it out. I was just like, what in the world? And uh, I began to think, man, they, you know, and then they started laughing, and, and you know, they, of course, they were, had been pointing at me, and they were saying some things, whispering, and I'm just like, what is the deal? What is their problem? And uh, started kind of, you know, getting all insecure about it and kind of self-conscious and everything. And I, finally, I kind of make my way out of the cafeteria with a bad attitude toward those four gals, you know, just going, man, what kind of losers they are, you know? I don't know what to do. And uh, I'm leaving. And I later found out <clears throat> that what, but behind me was this huge window. He gigantic window, big window, big window. And outside that window was a huge maple tree, and there was a big limb that had come down, and a squirrel was on a limb behind, behind on that tree, like going around the limb, like, like that, and, and just like being Joe acrobatic out there. And they just thought it was so cute and so funny and everything, and I was the farthest thing from their mind. <laughs> but I believed... But I believed, based on what I saw... Based on the circumstances that I perceived and found myself in, I believed based on my feelings of insecurity, my feelings of maybe rejection or whatever, I had certain feelings going through my heart and through, you know, and through my mind. And I, so all these things, on the context of the moment, on all these things, I believed they were talking about me, and it wasn't good. When the reality was, they didn't even see me, probably. What you believe determines the course of your life. What you believe determines the course of your life. It's just straight up, it's the truth. What you believe determines the course of your life. What you believe affects your destiny. What you believe affects uh, your understanding of who God is. What you believe affects uh, how you interact with the culture. What you believe affects how you treat your spouse, how you treat your children, how you, how you handle your money. How, I mean, it affects all of that stuff, what you believe. And it's interesting that the Bible refers to you as a person who follows Jesus. If you're in the room or watching right now and you follow Christ, the Bible calls you a 
believer. So the million dollar question is, what do you believe? What do you believe? Because I believe this. You don't lack for purpose. Not a person in this room lacks for purpose. You may not fully understand what that purpose is. You may not truly have a full revelation of what that purpose is, but God has a purpose for your life. You're sucking air in here because God has a purpose and a plan for you. You have a pulse because you have a purpose. Man, tweet that right now. Just go ahead. Feel free. God bless you. And so it's really important that you understand you don't lack for purpose. Here's what you lack. You, we often lack the faith mindset to fulfill the purpose of God. Did you know this church is in existence here because at the questioning of some very influential people who really highly suggested he not do it, Doug Cotton and Lois Cotton went ahead and planted Harbor City Church. After having gone through several years of just straight up hell on earth. And yet, they said yes to the purpose of God. And in a spirit of faith said, we will rise up and we will build according to what God has put in our heart. We see a church in here. And through that vision and faith in that vision and purpose, this is what happened. I remember I was at the first prayer meeting in somebody's house somewhere out in around here. I was at that meeting. Had a prophetic word, had a vision, all of that, shared that. Had a great time worshiping, praying out over the destiny of this house. And here we are. How many years later? Fifteen years later. <laughs> Two blind men come to Jesus in Matthew chapter 9. They want to see. And I, I believe that the, their, their miracle is a symbol of something spiritual. You want to have vision, and you want to fulfill that vision. You've got to have faith. They come to Jesus, and they said, Lord, we want to see. He asked them this question. Do you believe... I can do this. He didn't ask him, do you believe I'm God? He didn't ask him, do you believe I'm the son of God? I'm the Messiah? He didn't ask him. He could ask him all kinds of questions. He just simply asked him, do you believe I can do this? He didn't ask him, do you believe I will do this? That's not what it says. Do you believe I can do this? Miracles start there your purpose your destiny the vision i don't care how jacked up your life has been up to this point do you believe god can restore your life do you believe god can restore your marriage do you believe god can restore your fortunes 
Do you believe God can set your feet on a right path and cause the, 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 the path to rise up before you and the path ahead of you becomes brighter and brighter? Do you believe that? Do you believe the best is yet to come? That God can bring what is best yet to come into your life? Of course, they said, yes, Lord, we believe. And Jesus said this in Matthew 9, 29. According to your faith, let it be to you. According to your faith, let it be to you. In other words, the condition of your faith, what you believe, determines what happens. God's involved, yes, but your faith has everything to do with what takes place in, in, in your life and in your future. I remember I was counseling a man had a stronghold of drunkenness in his life, drunk, abused alcohol, oh, just constantly in and out of the gutter of drunkenness over and over again and actually had did, done prison time because he had struck a motorcyclist while being drunk and killed him. So he did seven years for manslaughter. And I'm having the conversation after he gets out of prison with him and his wife and he looks at me and as we get ready to pray and I said, do you believe God can free you from this? This is a spiritual thing. It's not just an addictive thing. It's not just a soul thing. It's not just a chemical thing. This is something that God can and deliver you from and bring freedom into your life. Do you believe in God? And this is his words to me. I, I believe that if you're a drunk, once a drunk, always a drunk. I don't care how much praying I did. I don't care how much counseling I would have done with him. I don't care how many church services he would have went to, whatever. Nothing is going to happen in his life in terms of freedom if he does not embrace a mindset of faith. If he doesn't have a mindset of faith, he is not going to find freedom. He is not going to find breakthrough. He is not going to, and I can prophesy with my eyes open over his future, he is going to wallow and wander in drunkenness until he embraces a spirit of faith. And that's exactly what happened. He lost his marriage, lost his relationship with his kids. And as far as I know to this day, the guy's a drunken wreck. Why? Why is today, 30 years later, would he be still be a drunken wreck? Out of his own mouth. Once a drunk, always a drunk. So guess what? He's always a drunk. According to your faith, be it unto you. And we think, well, we just we needed, he probably needed some more counseling. Well, and, and he probably did need counseling. Well, I'm just going to tell you right now, you can't counsel a stronghold out of somebody. There's got to be repentance. There's, there's got to be a renouncing of these things. Sometimes there's demonic activity going on. You've got to confront that. And sometimes, every time, every time, every time, you need a spirit of faith. Let me ask you a question. Have we arrived at a place in Christianity where we only manage our sins but we never overcome them? 
We're just, they're just under good management. You know, Jesus, his lordship isn't defined as new management. There's not a sign over your life that says, under new management. I'm still a wrecked pervert, but hey. (laughs) Or do we believe we can have victory over the flesh and over sin? Do you believe that? Or are we just caught up in some fantasy about victory over our issues? What you believe matters. Craig Rochelle wrote an excellent book called Winning the War in Your Mind. And he said this, a lie believed as truth will affect your life as if it were true. A lie believed as truth will affect your life as if it were true. Okay, let's rewind the tape back to the story in the cafeteria. Those girls were jerks. They were mean. They were making fun of me. They were no, 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 right? None of that was true. None of it. None of it was true. I believed it was true based on what I saw, what I heard, the circumstances of the moment, you know, all of that. I, the, I believed all of that based on all those things. But none of it was true. It was a lie. I want to suggest several things to you that I think are really important about this whole mindset of faith and what you believe matters. First of all, number one, what you believe in your attitude of faith as you follow Jesus determines your life. It really does. How do you receive eternal life? You repent from sin and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. They're both important. And believe is that element of faith, that putting your trust and your faith in the Lord Jesus. And out of that, you're born again and you receive life. You go from death to life, from darkness to light. It happens. It's a spiritual miracle in a person's spirit. What you believe in your attitude of faith determines your life. Number two, what you believe determines your ability to fulfill God's purpose for your life. I've been in this church and prophesied a few times. Some of you may have been receivers of the prophetic words and prophetic ministry, either from me or other people. A prophecy is not a magic potion. Say, well, I got a prophecy. Now I'm just waiting for it to be fulfilled. You know what my question is to you? And I believe this is the question of the Lord to you. What are you doing with it? What are you doing about it? You know, you know, you hear the prophetic word come over your life. I see you. There's a teaching anointing on your life. God's called you into to breaking open the word of God and sharing the word of God and teaching the word of God. And the word of God's going to flow out of you. And you're going to teach with the spirit of revelation. And all these things come over your life. And you're like, oh, great. Okay. And then, and then 10 years goes by. You haven't taken one Bible study course. You haven't go, cracked your Bible open to even read the whole Bible through. You're lucky if you got through the book of Palms. Thankfully, you... you <laughs> Thankfully, before you got to Palms, you got a job. Oh, it's Job, sorry. Um, And you couldn't find the book of Hezekiah to save your life. 
you got to do something with it. You got to do something with it. Oh, the Lord wants to bless you and prosper you. The spirit of generosity is going to be on you, and yet you don't tithe, and you don't give sacrificially, and you don't give alms to the poor, and you don't do any of that stuff. And so you wonder why heaven is closed and the blessing never comes. Because you didn't sow anything to begin with. The Bible says seed comes to who? The sower. So if you're not sowing, no seed, no sowy, no seedy. That's how it goes. So what you believe determines your ability to fulfill God's purpose for your life. I have, I'm not bragging, it's just, this is a matter of fact, that I have a gift of faith. And, and I just believe that anything's possible with God. It's just anything. God, anything he can do anything. And, and I've seen some crazy stuff. God do some crazy things. And I've seen blind eyes open. I've seen people that have had incurable diseases cured. I've seen demons leave, from, leave people and get cast out. Uh, I've I've just I've seen so many crazy things. It's it's just unreal. And uh, I, I I believe that when when God spoke to me about what I was going to do, I was 22 years old. I had a vision of of a, of a, I won't get into all of it, but I have a I had a particular kind of vision. And within 90 minutes, the Lord confirmed that vision almost word for word from another person and not just any person but from Kevin Connor who was an Austra- who's an Australian he's gone to be with the Lord now he's an Australian theologian wrote most of the textbooks at our Bible college and he was speaking at the meeting called me on the platform something which he admittedly told me he rarely ever does my gift is not prophecy my gift is teaching and so forth but I just had this vision and then he tells me the vision he had which was exactly the same vision I had 90 minutes before. And I knew in that moment, because the vision I had 90 minutes before was so crazy. I'm traveling to other nations. I'm writing books. I'm going on. And I'm thinking to myself, i got to have a, me a confirmation. <laughs> and 90 minutes later, I get this confirmation from Kevin Connor, and I knew in that moment, and I have never looked back since then. I, I just knew God can do anything. He can do anything. And did you know what? Three months later, I was in Europe. Ministering, preaching, prophesying in another nation. Three months later. Crazy. God can do anything if you're sold out for his purpose for your life. And if you believe he can do anything. Number three, the different areas of your life are determined by what you believe about them. I'm going to land the plane here with this, this third point. Different areas of your life are determined by what you believe about them. So let me ask you a question. What do you believe about God? Let's just start there since (laughs) it all starts and ends with him. What do you believe about God? Is he good? Is God good? Or is he mad? Is he disappointed? Is he ready to punish you? I had a, a friend way back in the day. 
who had this little funny song that they learned. I don't know where they learned it, but it was really bad theology. Here's how it went. God's got a big hammer. And if you don't walk the line of holiness, he'll bash in your head. <laughs> True story. I kid you. He'll bash in your head. And I, at first I thought it was funny. And then after about the fourth or fifth time I'm learning about it, I'm thinking about, there's something not right about that. <laughs> yeah, as Larry Stockstill says, hold up. Something ain't right. <laughs> and I, 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 I thought about that. I thought, you know what? That something doesn't ring true about that. But you know what? A lot of people think that about God. And here's the deal. When you get saved, God doesn't change your mind. He changes your spirit. It's your job to believe the Bible and change your mind with the, with the help and power of the Holy Spirit. Bible calls this renewing your mind. When you renew your mind, the Bible says you're transformed. What do you believe about God? Here's another question. What do you believe about sin? You can believe your sin is greater than the cross, or you can believe the cross is greater than your sin. And I know some people who believe their sin is greater than the cross. I got news for you. The cross is greater than any sin. Jesus didn't die for most sin. He died for all sin. And his forgiveness is effective. His forgiveness is powerful. Here's, some, here's something maybe you've never thought of before. His forgiveness is eternal. Here's the deal. When he says, I forgive you, he never has to think about it again. Because in that moment, that sin is forgiven forever. From that point on, forgiveness is over that sin. It never comes back up to God. Here's the thing, the devil will bring it up to you, and he often does. And that's the thing. We struggle with believing the voice of the accuser rather than the word of the forgiver. What do you believe about sin? What do you believe about your identity? You either believe what God says about you or you believe what the other voices say about you. You're a failure. You're an addict. You're a pervert. You will never be free from this. You will, he will never come back. This relationship can never be restored. And all of those things come cycling through your mind. You have a choice. You can believe those voices or you can believe what God says about you. You're special. You're chosen. You are holy. Do you believe you're holy? 
see, here's the deal about holiness. You don't make you holy. God makes you holy. You know what makes you holy? Him showing up. God said to Moses at the burning bush, take off your shoes because the place you're standing is holy ground. What happened? An hour before, that was just desert dirt. All of a sudden, the presence of God comes into a bush, starts burning. God shows up. His presence shows up and changes that desert dirt to holy ground. What made the difference? The presence of God. You don't make you holy. The presence of God makes you holy. It's not about your performance. It's about His presence. I'm telling you, there's a whole lot of quotables in this message here this morning. I'm just telling you, you you should be firing up Twitter right now. I'm telling you the truth. And many of the people that are in this room or watching online right now, many believers in the body of Christ do not believe that. They live like their performance and they believe that their performance affects God's holiness in their life. And I'm not saying that your, your obedience is, is insignificant. That's not what I'm saying. It matters. But it doesn't start there. It ends there. God's presence in your life is the starting point. Your obedience is the ending point. We need to get our theology right about this. We need to believe what God says. What about your future? You believe your future is bright? Do you believe God is standing at the end of the path and it's going to get brighter and God's going to get better and God, your future is going to get better and stronger and you're going to step into the most glorious tomorrow you could have ever thought? Or are you going to be just thinking, oh man, tomorrow stinks. I mean, tomorrow's Monday after all. Or can you think, ah, t- tomorrow's going to be great. I mean, it's sunny on the harbor. You're welcome. (laughs) Arizona has come to Washington in Jesus' name. All right. Hopefully you've got the spirit. And that's, that's the issue. I don't care about your notes. I want you to get the spirit of this word. I want you to get the spirit of this word. What you believe matters so here's the thing I want to encourage you to simply do this discover what the Bible says about any given topic any issue let's say you got some issues in your let's say identity is an issue for you you're not really sure who you are in Christ discover what the Bible says about just write down three or four scriptures I'm not talking about 40, 50 scriptures. Just three or four. Just write them down. Memorize them. Get them in your spirit. And rehearse it over and over and over and over. I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. It's not I that lives, but Christ lives in me. Or how about this one? I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Would you stand your feet with me? 
I believe there's some people with, with <clears throat> weary faith. I believe there's some people here that might have weak faith. Not as a, as a slam against how you're able to believe God. That's not, that, not what I mean by that. What I mean by it is this. Your faith needs to be strengthened because it's in a weak place. And it needs to get a little stronger. Even the disciples said to Jesus, Lord, increase our faith. <laughs> Why? Because faith needs to grow. It needs to, and the Bible says you go from faith to faith. And you just keep growing. And, you, and the faith just keeps getting stronger. I don't know, maybe it's identity for you. Maybe it's your salvation. You've, you've doubted whether or not you're even saved. Maybe it's the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I was talking to a friend recently who said, there was a time in my life that for months I questioned whether or not my prayer language was legit. And finally had an experience where he really knew, yes, this is the Lord and the Spirit of God is moving in me. And, and faith rose and built in his life. Let me tell you, God can in a moment, just literally, all you need to do is ask him. Let us come boldly to the throne of grace that we may find mercy and grace to help in time of need. How does faith come? By the grace of God. Every man and woman has received faith from the Lord. How does it come? Freely given to us. All we need to do is ask. So let me ask you, how's your faith? Is it tired? Is it weary? Is it weak? Is it confused? I want to pray for you today. So I'll bow our heads. Everybody in the room, let's bow our heads. You say, Mark, I needed this message today. And I want the Lord to build my faith. I want the Lord to take me to that next level. Raise your hand. If you're, the, if you're that person, just raise your hand. All over the room, people are raising their hand. I want it. You're online today. Just You're sitting in front of that TV or in that screen. Just raise your hand. Just say, I, I'm, a, I'm a candidate. Let's keep our hand up. Father, right now, in the mighty name of Jesus, let there come a fresh infusion of faith into the heart and life of every person here. Let it transform the way they think. Let it transform what they believe. Let it transform and expand their, their horizon and their future and what you want to do in their tomorrow. Lord, I thank you that they are, they've been chosen by you. They've been set apart by you. They're special in your eyes. You have redeemed them for a purpose and there's a calling and there's a plan and there's a purpose on their life. They need faith to fulfill that. Pour faith into their life right now in the mighty name of Jesus. I thank you for it. Let's put your hand down for a minute. I want to talk to another group of people in the room. Maybe you're here or you're watching online and you've never surrendered your life to Jesus Christ. I want to provide you with an opportunity to do that right now. If you want to just say yes to the Lord, invite him into your life. Maybe you did when you were a kid or maybe you've never done it ever. And you're ready to say yes to Jesus and make him the leader of your life. You want a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, and you're ready to say yes. I, I want to surrender to Jesus, and I want this relationship you're talking about. If that's you, would you just raise your hand right now? Just right now, wherever you're at. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Anyone else? Thank you, young man. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you, ma'am. Anyone else? Thank you, ma'am. 
Everybody in the room, let's pray. If you're online watching, please pray this prayer with me. If you want to receive Jesus in your life, everybody pray this prayer in the room. Dear Jesus, thank you for loving me. Today I choose you. Come into my life. Forgive me of every sin and wash me. Cleanse my heart and my life. I surrender to you now. Be the leader of my life and help me follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can I uh, say one thing? There's a couple, you're uh, back over here. I thought I saw you guys getting baptized. Would you guys get baptized today? Are you the couple that were? I just had a word for you. <clears throat> I, I feel like there's a, I see this um, train wreck that you're coming out of. The scene is, I don't know if you ever saw the movie The Fugitive with Harrison Ford, but there's this massive train wreck in it, and then he's like running, <laughs> trying to get out, get away from all the debris and getting away from it. And that's what I see, you guys, you guys are coming from a, bi a big mess and wreck and all of that. And I see the Lord, as you're running towards the Lord, chains are falling off, freedom is coming. And I see this light, I see this light just opening and showing you the way to go. I believe there's gonna be a financial blessing coming into your lives. Uh, you've been having a, some difficult times with that, but I see God bringing breakthrough financially for you, giving you favor in the marketplace. And I also see the Lord giving you uh, an understanding heart and an understanding mind. You've read the Bible, and it's like you're reading Japanese. I mean, you're just like, ah. Uh, and I see the Lord unlocking your understanding and your mind. See, because what has happened in the past, you've tried to read the Bible with blinders on. But now that you're born again, those blinders are gone. And things are going to start to make sense to you. And there's going to be a whole new spirit of revelation that's going to come into your heart and into your life and into your mind. And I see God just, from a train wreck, you're going to step into a, a place where I see God giving uh, you, uh, it's like a new, a new dwelling. It's like he's, he's actually building brick by brick a new dwelling. It's a, from a wreck, he's bringing you into a home. And God is going to bring a, a stability and a strength into your life and into your future that you've never, ever known before. And I just want to tell you, and I think this is a word for anybody in the room, that uh, it's connected with your relationship to the house of God. Stability comes from community. Instability comes from isolation. And uh, I believe that God wants to let you know you're at home, you're in the right place. Let your uh, roots like a tree go down deep and be planted in the house. And God's going to build you, bring fruitfulness to your life, and let things open up to you in a whole new dimension. Your future, or excuse me, your past was a wreck, but your future is bright. And God's strength and hand is on you to establish you in the way that you should go. Amen. I love you, church. God bless you. Okay, we're going to sing one last song. I know it's, uh, it's warm, but it's good. Right? So let's, let's sing this last song with a spirit of faith. By the way, that was a right-on word for those two right back there. It's a word for you too, Twyla, by the way. Just saying.
All right, let's sing, let's worship one last moment here.